Yeah, now I'm probably too high. Too high? Oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> that, was the most, that was the most adorable, random answer I've ever heard to somebody, like, getting high. Do you need those Starburst? Like, that's that's <laughs> that's a relationship that yeah. lasts, okay? Do you need a Starburst? When you have emergency star, Starburst when somebody gets too high... Yeah. That's a boo. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite male enhancement, such as Blue Chew or whatever other names they have. I really don't know anything about the products i don't i obviously don't take them um this guy over here stefano does right you take them which one do you take you don't what do you mean you don't obviously you you don't need wow um i'm just sorry guys i'm i kind of lost my train of thought i'm just really more impressed that he's he actually got laid um if you're tired of these fake ads, make sure to reach out to your favorite sponsors like Blue Chew and tell them to sponsor Unloading Meat. Now back to the show. I guess I should introduce this. Uh, guys, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, and everybody that just wants to be whoever they want to be. I'm just going to say, I love Unloading Meat. I love my guests. I'm really high right now. This, this fucking weed is hitting again. Right in the middle of the intro, intro I want to do it again. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the magnificent. The, he has eyes that you can just get lost in. Ladies and gentlemen, Preston Sly. Welcome, Preston. Some people say I have beautiful eyes, and some people say I have serial killer eyes. So, Both? Yeah. <laughs> well, I got that thousand yards there. <laughs> Is that meaning like you have to be a thousand yards away from all... I think that, that's like a reference... <laughs> Is it a restraining order? Or that's, like a, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's like a reference to like PTSD, just stare... Like, I think what a lot of people don't know about me is like most of the time I'm at an open mic or a show or with a big group of people. Yeah. I am dis, uh, disassociated, like just immediately. Um, so, yeah, if you've ever talked to me out at an open mic or anywhere and I it was awkward, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to be awkward. Uh, you do fine. Uh, open Container's been great so far. Yeah, I like that place. I hope it builds. Um, I hope it's still going with this release. Yeah. Uh, it's got that cool, you know, downtown backdrop. I think it's a really yeah. cool spot to get some great pictures. Yeah. Everybody's um, hitting up those Instagram photos with it, man. Yeah. Especially when the lights go off. Yeah. Uh, those lights make everything pop. Yeah, it's a cool little spot. Um, I never thought I'd have two open mics. Because um, you have Bounty also, right? Yeah, Bounty's on Monday. Um we're still trying to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, so, like, I've told you before, and even off, cam off camera, like, I have my kids Mondays and Tuesdays. So, like, yeah. Mondays and Tuesdays are oh, just yeah. the thing where I'm not going to be out. Well, see, I don't. Some some uh, hosts, not so much anymore, but some hosts, you know, or like open mic hosts, they get like really butt hurt if yeah. people don't show up. It's like people have lives outside of this. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, Monday night doesn't work because whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, like for me, I pretty well take Tuesdays off. Um, I try to hit. I try to get out Wednesday, but yeah, you know, we, we're all adults. Yeah. Most of us have jobs, and you know, we got to do shit. So. Yeah. Um, for me, it's Wednesdays and Thursdays are the nights where I can hit open mics. Yeah. So those are the two nights where I'm gonna hit out. So yeah. it, it was nice to see that you were doing open mic because, like, or open container because, like, like you, like I said, you do bounty on Monday, so I'm never gonna be out on Mondays. Yeah. So it was nice to be able to see you every Thursday or yeah. just hang out with you. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you coming out. Um, I appreciate everybody who's come out to my mics. Um, yeah. It's been trying to build. I'm, I'm seeing more people coming out. Um, yeah, um, and I should be getting, um, it looks like maybe sometime in July, um, so probably by the time this comes out, um, hopefully I'm going to be getting a monthly showcase at Uncle Bentley's. Oh, where's that? Uh, I, th I think it's like. Between 51st and 41st in Sheridan. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, there used to be some comedy shows there. It's a pretty cool little room. They're trying to figure out if they want to do it on a Friday and Saturday. So by the time this comes out, hopefully we got that yeah. figured out. Um, yeah, what a lot of people don't realize is like my open mics, I don't charge anything. Like, I don't charge the, it's an open mic. I think it's kind of silly to charge for an open mic. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a couple drinks, but. I just want a place for 
uh, comedians to come out and do their set. Yeah. Um, I don't really, you know, if they say something I don't agree with or don't like, you know, I'm, I don't have to, I don't feel like I'm supposed to correct them. Like, yeah. you know, well, if it, it becomes a problem, yes, yeah. but like well, the crowd it, reaction should tell them everything they need to know. And also for me personally, if there's an open mic that has money involved with that, that can kind of be a little bit of shady things of like, then it gets into this gray area of what things are allowed there or not. Or like, yeah. it, since money's involved, they, the, the, the venue might be able to like, okay, we don't want this, this, and this. Yeah. Like, there's more more power because money's involved. Yeah. Uh, I've, uh, I've been pretty fortunate because like the Bounty and Open Container, both their like owners or, you know, whatever. They yeah. just want, they just want people there drinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I like that it was a great venue and honestly it was a great spot to bring out. Um, I brought, brought some friends out like, yeah, that uh, open container. Yeah. You, you riffed on her every single time. Dude, I don't know <laughs> what the girl that was sitting closest to me, like her face was just like, I am not entertained. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. It was like three people that yeah. weren't comedians. Yeah. And that's always great. Cause I mean, I've, I, I say this, I think you've heard me say this open mics, like it's work. Yes. You know, because sometimes you're coming and you're performing in front of the same 10, yeah. 15 comedians. Um, it, yeah, it can it, be hard. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, like like that one night at Bounty, that guy came in and he, he was newer. I won't drop names, but yeah. like he got upset. Nobody was listening to him and basically said, fuck you guys, dropped the mic and walked out. Yeah. Um, Funny is he forgot his phone, so he had to come back and get his phone. But like when he was walking back, everybody was a little worried because how aggressive he was. I mean, I want that out there. Yeah, me, that story. But yeah, I cut yeah. the name. Yeah, yeah we cut. <laughs> he left his phone in my car. That's why you. Uh, that night that I was not supposed to take him to uh, oh, Starlight. When, yeah. Didn't you take him to Looney Bin and then he fucking got wild or something? I took him to. Uh, so he like at the time there was Looney Bin, Hunt Club, and Starlight. There's three yeah. in, on Wednesdays. I was gonna hit all three. He was at Looney Bin. He goes, hey, can I get a ride to Hunt Club? Because I guess he took the bus there. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, any comedian that needs a ride, I'll give him a ride. I don't care. Yeah. So Hunt Club, he got cut because he went the week before, and he threw a temper tantrum. And then I did my set, and he tried to get me to dine and dash on my drinks. Yeah. That's then, what it was. Yeah. yeah. Took him to Hunt Club, and he was an <laughs> asshole there. And so much that everybody was like, don't take him to Starlight. He's not going to be welcome. Like, do not take him to yeah. Starlight. No. So I made up an excuse. I was like, hey, I'm going home early. I'm not going to Starlight. And then I took him home. He forgot his fucking phone in my car. And I start getting Facebook messages as I'm on stage, like, "Dude, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? How you been, buddy? I've been good. Um, move, I'm moving as well. Um, we're a lot of people think we're moving in together, but that's that's not the case. <laughs> we just both happen to be moving at like the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's been stressful. Moving always is. Yeah. And uh, ready to get it done because I feel like it's getting in the way of a lot of things um, that I and we want to do. So. Hopefully by the end of this week, I'm done with it. Tulsa County's been fun. I, I started, I think the first time I did a set was, I want to say July 2015, but that month could be way off. But it was in 2015. Um, I went to, there was, uh, it was called the Comedy Parlor. It was downtown. I think first in Elgin, but I could be wrong. I'm not very good with streets. But um, cool place, small little room. That was the first time I did an open mic. Um, you had to put like, cause like you had to put your name in the bucket and then they would draw, um, who went up. So sometimes yeah. you didn't get picked. So the first time I didn't get picked, but I sit there and I watch, you know, yeah. and, uh, I was like, I feel like I can do this, you know? Yeah. And, um, the next week or maybe two weeks later I came again, my name was drawn and I went on stage. I had absolutely nothing. I just wanted to get on stage and see if I could handle that yeah. first. Um, I just talked for five minutes. No idea what I fucking said. Um, probably annoying to the other comics. But, like, when you see someone go up the first time, like, everybody bombs their first time. Yeah. Like, you know, people, some comics will just want to write somebody off, like, in their first month because no, none of their sets are funny. And I was yeah. like, yeah, neither were you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it starts. I hate this thing that, and I'm never going to, I'm not going to name names, but yeah, I'm sure yeah. you know, there's people in the scene that are just, like, not supportive to people that are, like, trying i don't know like when i go to open mic i'm like yeah i know when i'm getting ready to go up i'm working on my set and stuff like that so i may yeah. not be the most attentive listener yeah but once my set's done i still try to be an active supporter and like if something's funny or something i'm like ha, good because i'm trying to keep the energy up to help them it is kind of hard to be like attentive when you know you're about to go up because yes. you start to get inside your head you start to, you know yeah um 
But afterwards, or if I'm there, like, I don't know. My worst thing is I never want to go up there and drown. Yeah. Or be like, I'm drowning up there. So if yeah. I see somebody out there, at least I'll try to laugh with their jokes. Or keep it kind of, I'm not going to do a pity laugh. Yeah. I'm not going to make, I mean, you know, if it's a funny joke, I'm going to earn it. But I am pretty generous with my laughter just because naturally I'm a laughing guy. Well, this last Thursday we had a first timer. Yeah. Um, I won't mention their name because, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But because um, they didn't even want me to use their last name. Anyways. Yeah, he bombed, but like he, he had, had some funny stuff. There had, was there he, was some nuggets there. Yeah, he had some good premises. He had really good stage presence. Yes, and like he didn't look like um, super nervous. I saw some nervousness, yeah. you know, but I mean, as far as stage presence and like, I feel like it was really good. Yeah, and uh, we talked to him outside when it started raining a little bit like after the show. Like we were all in the, people were smoking outside. Yeah, uh, me and like. Trash and stuff like that. And, yeah, uh, I saw you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, did, yeah, just trying to, like, you know, get yeah, to know the came, person. Like, uh, I think he came up to me after me, or maybe when I was, you know, his set was in. He goes, "Oh, I fucking bombed." And I was like, "No, man, you did great. Yeah. Like, it was your first time. You're gonna yeah. bomb." You yeah. know. And then there's some people that go out there first time and they do really well. Yeah. But guess what? Reality's gonna hit. Like, yeah. your second, third, fourth time. Um, I remember when I first started. You know, I'd have like 10, 15 bombs, and then I'd have a good set, yeah. you know, for whatever reason. And then, you know, you're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then 10, 15 more bombs, and you're like, I'm doing the same shit. Why is it bombing? And I, I think the biggest thing is confidence and delivery. Yep. Um, so that would, you know, kind of shake. Some nights I'd feel like I could just do it, and some nights I couldn't. Yeah. Now, back then, I was at the height of my PTSD. Like, con- open mic was therapy, so it wasn't really maybe not healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know my material. Well, it was a lot more blunt then. So more blunt than it is now. Yeah. And, um, of course, that made everybody uncomfortable, you know. So I did it. Uh, I took a class in 2015. Do you need to take a class? No. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna, like, You don't need to take a class. Yeah. Anyways, um, if you want to do comedy, there's a lot to study on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to pay $100 or whatever to take a class. I- so, was she a hooker or prostitute? Sex worker. I'm not trying to shame. I'm just more curious. She wasn't? You went on a date? How the fuck are you getting laid? And how the fuck are you not needing a company like Blue Chew? Who, coincidentally, is not sponsoring today's episode of Unloading Meat. But they could be. They could be. If you're tired of these fake ads, make sure to reach out to the, your favorite sponsors like Blue Chew. And tell them to sponsor this show. Now, back to the episode. I love CR. He's, I love CR. Yeah. He was just on the couch Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The morning of, of session open container, he was here. CR. Um, just a genuinely nice guy. Genuine. Um, his, I just love his like persona on stage. Yeah. It is him. Yeah. Like, even when he's off stage. It's, yeah. You know. Well, I told him, like, uh, I always um, am very, have a soft spot for him and Trash. Mm-hmm. Because the two open mics I first did, I did one with Katie style when I just get my feet wet. I think I talked to it on uh, Angela's episode. Uh, uh, I got my feet wet and I went up there and I had my phone propped and CR was there. And my phone apparently fell over while in the middle of my set. And he went and picked my phone up and he finished holding, like, recording yeah. my set for me. Yeah. Didn't even know him. Yeah. But like I can't back down. Like it was a bad set. It was horrible. <laughs> um, that was a bad set. That was the set I, I told Katie style too. I was like, okay, I always remember it because my first time back in 14 years, I do a set and I'm one of the last three comedians. Yeah. And right before I go up, coach from Tulsa Comedy Club hands her a note and the note says, cut them down to four minutes each. Oh, yeah. So she goes, um, I just been handed a note. I'm sorry, guys. You guys only get four minutes. Coming up next, Jared Ralphie Allen. <laughs> and I have to walk up to the stage and cut a minute of my five minute material as I'm walking up to the stage for my yeah. first time in like 14 years. And I'm like, don't have a panic attack. Don't have a panic attack. Don't have a panic attack. And so, like, and then I have to go up there and like bend over a stool and give the difference between me and my ex wife giving head. You know, just typical things you do in Tulsa comedy. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't the greatest set, but I got through it and I kind of remember CR because he was so genuinely nice. He's like, hey, I, your phone fell over, but I picked it up and I fell, finished yeah. it for you. I was like, thanks, man. And yeah. then I added him as a friend that day. Didn't even know who he was. And I was like, oh shit, this dude's on Reservation Dogs. He's on yeah. Tulsa King. Like he's in the scene. I think he's in a band too, I yeah. believe. Um, I don't remember the name, but yeah, he's a very talented guy. I think yeah. He's a lawyer too. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, he, and like you never would, I never would have guessed just because no. most lawyers are pricks. Yeah, and he's really nice. Yeah, and 
since that moment, I've always just like, he's just a genuine dude. And Trash was the same way. The first, the next time I went and did Tulsa Comedy was in January and Roscoe was hosting it. And I was sitting with Patrick from Sesh Lounge. Mm-hmm. I had just met him that night. And uh, I was, I was like, hey, Patrick, would you mind filming my stuff? And he's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Yeah. And he goes, well, Trash over there has a, a little stand. Why don't you use his stand? I was like, well, I don't know him. I don't want to fuck with I don't yeah. want to mess with him or, you know, I don't want to bother him. And Patrick went over there and was like, hey, this guy over here was wanting to record a set. Would you mind letting him borrow your stand? And Travis was like, no, everybody needs to record their set. Go ahead. Yeah. And he was just super nice and just let me borrow his stand. Mm-hmm. And that night, like, uh, we were outside smoking and, like, he didn't have a ride. And I said, hey, man, do you have a ride? Need a ride? And he goes, sure. And I just kind of wanted to pay it forward. And that's what started our friendship. Yeah. Was little moments like that. Little moments of kindness that are big with me. You know what I mean? Like, that's the shit that just, I think everybody just needs to go out of the way. And those little things matter. Yeah. Um, CR didn't have to do that, but now. You know, I had him on the couch. We talked for an hour and a half or so. Like, I, I jumped into comedy when I was 28. I just was, like, I when I was a kid, probably eight or nine, mm-hmm. I, I'm not very, you know, we were going through a pretty rough part in my childhood. Um, we were, like, no money. I was literally eating crackers with, like, grape jelly. That was, like, what I had to eat. Yeah. And I remember, like, I was watching comedy on the TV, and it was just, like, a good escape. Yeah. And, I, and at that time, I was like, ooh. I want to do that. Yeah. 20 years later, I decided, fuck it, I'll try, you know? Yeah. And like I said, that was the height of my PTSD, uh, super depressed. Yeah. Um, very, like, reactive, you know? I, I I apologize to everybody in that time period that had to put I up with do, it. Yeah. yeah, but, um, yeah, 2016, um, I got fired from the post office. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, about 32 hours later, I was in Fairbanks, Alaska. Um, yeah. As one is to do. Yeah, you know. Just, <laughs> yeah, I make I make decisions sometimes. You know what I mean? And they're very rash. Yeah, but I'm getting better. A lot of therapy. Have you ever thought about working in witness protection? You'd be great at just random locations to go to. No, you know what's funny is when I got to uh, Fairbanks, a lot of people thought you were witness. Yeah, um, there's this guy Rashad. He was just like. Let me see. Like they wanted to see my ID. They all because they all thought I was just like a psychopath that moved into town. You know what I mean? Because that happens. Yeah. Like, a lot of like felons and stuff run to Alaska and hide. Yeah. Um. It's it's one person per every square mile. Well, as long as you're not having to like go door to door and be like, "Hey, I just want to let you know I'm a registered sex offender" or something. Like that. You know what I mean? I'm a registered serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the greatest cereals, you know, Cracker Jacks, oh, yeah. Star- <laughs> Apple Jacks, Fruity Pebbles, those kind of cereals. Yeah, yeah, I'm fat. I'm hungry. But um, no, I, when I I left in 2016, you know, I've been doing comedy for about a year, give or take. Um, and yeah, I went to Alaska. Uh, my sister and brother-in-law were up there. He was in the army, and like she, they realized what I was going through, and they're like, "Hey, just come, chill." So I got to Alaska. I chilled, you know, for about a month, and I was like, I got to get a fucking job. Like, I can't. You know, I started to feel guilty. I yeah. started to feel useless. Um, so I got a job just working part-time at uh, Pike's Landing, little restaurant there in Fairbanks, right off, kind of right next to the airport. Worked there, waiting tables for a little bit. It was kind of rough, made a little bit of money. Um, and then I got a job at uh, a hotel. So I was working, like, hotel front desk. Um, two nights a week, I was working overnights, and then the rest evenings. Learn how to fold a fitted sheet. Nice. <laughs> yeah, because I was in the back all night on the two overnights just folding all the laundry. Most of us just rolling around. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then while I was working there, uh, my friend Ryan uh, Dempsey, I was in the Air Force with, he sent me a message. He's like, hey, I'll send F-16 Squadron, which um, backtrack in 2006, 2009, I was stationed there when I was in the Air Force. So now we're at 2016, 2019 when I'm back. Yeah. And they're hey, you know, they're doing a contract. Um, they're going civilian. So I applied and I was like, I don't, I, at the time, you know, my secret clearance had expired. So like for them to hire me, they, I'd have, they'd have to pay for me to get a secret clearance again, which I don't know how much, but it's pretty, you know, it's expensive. Yeah. Um, but I apply on like Sunday night and at 8 AM Monday morning, I got a call from this dude named Bruce in Hawaii. He's like, Hey, when can you start? Like, there was no interview, because on my resume, I put that I was stationed there, so they knew I was stationed, knew I worked on those jets, same yeah. jets before. Um, he's like, when can you start? And I was like, fuck, I've been smoking weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm trying to get, like, a con- government contract job, and I smoked weed. So I told him I have to give my current job two weeks notice. Yeah. 
So that's what I did. I, and I took the two weeks off weed, and then I got the drug test. Um, super nervous, you know what I mean? Because at this time, weed was legal in Alaska. Yeah. And recreational. You didn't have to have a stupid medical card. You could just be like, I'm an adult, and I want weed. Yeah. And go in and buy it. Like, um, it's a crazy idea, right? Yeah, I know. Um, where was I going? Uh, oh, yeah, but I got the contract job, and I started kind of towards the end of February, and I ended up being like, uh, and I didn't know that's what I applied for. And I ended up being a like a shift supervisor, if you will. They call it expediter. And uh, long story short, everybody was fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody actually wanted to work. I'm like, bro. And it was an aggressor squadron of F-16s, which means we didn't load bombs. It was just missiles, chaff flare, um, the occasional pylon so they could hold extra fuel tanks. And we were making like $40, $50 an hour. And I'm like, guys, we literally do, we literally just have to do four hours of work at eight hour shift. Yeah. Like just, anyways, <laughs> not to get off on that tangent, but no, I used to like, so I got the job and I was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm going back. I'm going to say, so every morning I used to take like a five milligram edible to sit in the morning meeting, which was basically just a circle jerk of like, who's going to blame who. And, you know, a lot of conversation, but nothing got done and yeah. repeat tomorrow. You yeah. know what I mean? A lot of bureaucratic red tape kind of bullshit. Yeah. And, uh, cause you had the contractors that came in and they didn't want to just follow, you know, the air force policies. They thought, Oh, I'm not in the military anymore. I'm like, you're making $50 an hour to your fucking job. Do it right. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so I get high in those meetings. Well, I started making butter like with shake and stuff. Yeah. I got me one of those magical butter and someone's like, Hey, put a little bit in your coffee. And I did, I, I overdone it. I overdid it. I oh. did not, I don't know why, I don't know how much I put it in there, but probably 10 times the amount I should have, because I was Wrong. basically tripping balls. Yeah. And so I was in the meeting, it was really Hello, kicking in. Yeah. I was in the meeting, <laughs> and it was really kicking in, and I was like, oh shit, I got to ride this wave, right? Okay, now, my next step is I got to get everybody together, because when jets launch... You know, they got to have like a fire guard who pulls pins and stuff right before it taxis out. Yeah. So I'm out there driving this bread van around F-16s moving. I'm tripping fucking balls. <laughs> like, I am so goddamn high. Like, the highest, like, probably the third highest I've ever been. And I'm out here around fucking airplanes taking off and shit. <laughs> Looking for the Wright brothers? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, the crew chief expediter pulls up to me, and I'm just like... Like, I'm like, everybody has to see that I'm incredibly high. So he asked me a question. I don't know what I said. You know what I mean? And he yeah. drove off. And I was like, fuck, he knows I'm high. You know, I'm just waiting for, like, hey, you know. And uh, so the jets come back. And when they come back, I got I had to, like, check, like, uh, the missiles have, like, argon. So when it's doing the heat seeker, it cools it. Mm -hmm. So I had to check all that, swap what we needed to swap, check the chaff layer, swap what we needed to swap. And I was supposed to do the numbers. Boy, <laughs> I kept having to go back like to the last year. I was like, did I get that right? And this one crew chief looked at me, and he's like, dude, it's the third time you've checked that. You good? And I was like, yeah, I'm just having a stressful day. And I walked. I just fucking left. Yeah. And uh, I remember I got done, and I was walking back to my van. That was kind of – I parked it down here and walked all the bays and walked back. And I was so high, I felt like I was walking in place. Like, I felt like I was more on shrooms than marijuana. That's Michael Jackson moonwalking. Yeah. So I get back to the truck, I get inside, I document, I hopefully write all the numbers, and I go to the break room to sit, because... You know, writing hieroglyphics? Yeah. And uh, I go to the break room, and I'm sitting there, and another wave hits, because I drank the whole coffee slowly. Oh, you shit. You know what I mean? So I'm just getting wave after wave. <laughs> That's the smartest idea. No, it was a terrible idea. So this guy... Wave named, two, activated. Yeah, so this guy named Jeff comes in. I'm in the break room. He looks at me. He goes, dude, you good? Your eyes are so fucking red. So I just start crying. <laughs> and I was like... And I made up some bullshit. I was like, man, I just got some really fucking bad news last night. And I'm crying in a bunch of... In a room full of, like, macho kind of guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... And they were, and I was just like, I think I'm going to go home. They're like, cool, go home, leave. We don't yeah, want to, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? This is making us like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is not cool, bro. So I drive from Isleson to Fairbanks, which is about a 20-minute drive. Yeah. Um, 10 if you want it. No, it's about a 20-minute <laughs> drive. <laughs> 10 if you want it. Uh, it's about a 20-minute drive. That's how it is on Grinder every night. And I don't remember the drive because I was still hitting a wave. So I get home, and I just fucking pass out probably at 1 in the afternoon, and I sleep till 5 a.m. the next day. Damn. And I'm. 
I wake up, I'm still nervous. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like everybody had to know. Yeah. You know? And so I messaged my friend who worked overnights, and I won't mention his name because he's still doing contract work. But, um, <laughs> and I, I knew him and the other guy, I knew that they partook. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, I good messaged, buffer to. I messaged him because he worked overnights. He was kind of, he ran the overnight shift. Yeah. And I was like, have you heard any chatter, any talk about me yesterday? He's like, no, nobody said a thing, you know. So I come in like 6.30 in the morning like I normally do. And that day I'm sober. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, I am not. And I sit down, I start doing my paperwork. And like the whole day I was just waiting, you know, for someone to walk in and grab me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I made it through. Nice. So that was, I was fucking so high. I was tripping balls around F 16. So it, it's crazy getting that amount of marijuana high. Like, I, I, you're like, yeah, it should have been true. But yeah, I've been there too. Like, yeah, like I, when I was doing that walking in place, it was just like everything was moving but me. Yeah. Um, the, cl- the closest I got to that, the highest I've ever been was, uh, we used to have a, a, like a sectional couch over there in that room. And we were all over here having like a party and stuff like that, hanging out. And yeah. my friend, who was really into cannabis, had a, chocolate bar yeah and she said there was 100 milligrams do you want a piece and i was like sure they were individually bricked off like a hershey bar so i was like sure and i took a brick thinking it's like a 10 yeah no that was the hundred it was a thousand milligram uh chocolate bar yeah so i hit it and i'm sitting in the corner of the sectional couch and it just starts feeling like one of those like scooby-doo things or something where you the room just gets sucked back you know what i'm talking about where like everything just yeah it's like i'm going further and further yeah so much so that, like, I don't really remember it, but I was so adamant that I was sitting on the top of the couch. Like, you know, like, you, like people that sit on the top of the, the headrest of the couches or something like that, or a chair? Yeah. I thought I was up there, not in the middle of the couch, and I kept saying, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. And they're like, no, shut the fuck up. You're fine. You're in the couch. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm in the couch? Oh, shit. How do I get out? Like, I was just, I was freaking the fuck out. And that's the highest I've ever been on marijuana, and I was just like, ugh. I, yeah, that was one of the, I, that might have been the highest. I don't know. Like, I, the three... Like I think my three highest were all in Alaska. Um, the second time, I was getting off work. I was I was doing night or evening shift, so I came I came I got off work, and those two guys came in, and they had like this little RSO, you know, oil. Yeah. And I was like, they were like, "Do you want some?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm about to go home." And I was like, "It'll kick in right when I get home," because I mean, I was literally ready to walk out, and I was just saying hey to them. So they gave me a little piece. I took it. And as soon as I took it, somebody calls me in. They're like, hey, we got a question. Yeah. And it ended up being like a 15-minute ordeal. So I leave, and I'm halfway between Isleson and Fairbanks, which is a little town called North Pole. I had just passed through it, and uh, I guess one of my taillights was out. So I get pulled over. Oh, shit. And, I mean, when, like, and it, at that time, it was just, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, so it comes to the... <laughs> I, we we go through the whole thing, give him my insurance, give him my ID, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he's like, where you come from? I was like, Allison, you know, I work, and I was home in Fairbanks, all the questions. Um, so he goes back to his car, probably for like a few minutes, but it felt like 30 minutes. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shit. And he comes back, he goes, hey, just turn on your hazards, have a good night. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, how did I survive that? I wish I had, I wish I had that cop whenever I got pulled over for a taillight. Like I got pulled over in Claremore. Literally Well, that was your first mistake. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know. Driving through Claremore and he was behind me and my taillight flickered and went out in front of him. Oh, okay. And he pulls me over and gives me a ticket for a busted tail or a headlight out or a taillight out. And I'm like, You're the one that told me it was out. Like it flickered in front of you. Yeah. And uh I had just got my new insurance card in the day or in the mail, and I left it on my kitchen table, so I didn't have my up to date insurance. I had one that had just expired. Mm-hmm. So when he pulled me over, he was like, "I have to write you a ticket not only for the taillight but for also expired insurance." And I was like, "I have insurance." And he's like, "Well, this one you can get refunded to you, or basically get it waived if you uh, fax in. Here's the number on the ticket. Fax in a copy of your insurance. I'll waive that." I was like, so "Okay." You actually had it. Yeah. Yeah. I was That's like, "Cool, cool. I'll do that." So I called him. And I got the fax number, and I faxed them my insurance. That's and I, mighty sick. Oh, <laughs> oh there the it is. You got it? It's in the crack. Ah. Best oh, place for ahead. it. Anyway, um, I faxed them my insurance and verification, and I was like, okay, I'll just pay the ticket for the, the taillight. That's yeah. it. Didn't think I got anything of it. I'm the best man at my friend's wedding in, in Coffeeville, and I get a warrant out my for my arrest and my license suspended for this oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And I ended up having to be like taxied to my best friend's wedding and shit. And my license has been, I had to go to Claremore and go down there. And basically they were like, yeah, we didn't get your fax. And I'm like, 
well, that's bullshit. Like, I sent it to you and got a confirmation from the number. Yeah. And they're like, well, we don't even have, we don't even take it like faxes. I was like, well, then you should tell your officer because yeah. your officer told me to fax it to you. Yeah. And yeah, I had my uh, license suspended for a bit. And I just had to go in front of the judge and he was like, get the hell out of here. Just wave it. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good judge. Yeah. Good judge. Yeah. Stuff, but yeah, it was like, yeah, bullshit. Yeah, Tail lights. A... Trying to think. I was going to say something completely woo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I got pulled over once by a prick cop. This was, I had just got like, I was deployed to Afghanistan. My license had expired while I was there. Oh. So I'm done with the deployment. I go yeah. back. I was stationed in England at the time. And uh, you get like two weeks to leave after you get back from deployment or something like that. So I was like, you know, I'm going home. Yeah. And I get home and I, I drove and I was coming back and I was, I was speeding. You know, yeah. I was going to like seven over. Cop pulls me over. And uh, I was just seeing what time we were. You're still good. Yeah. No, a cop pulls me over and I'm like, yeah. Whatever I pulled over, and uh, I give him my license. I was like, "Hey, man, it's expired," and I explained the situation. And he he was like, "Well, that's not an excuse." And I was just like, "There's not a fucking DMV in Afghanistan." You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sorry, and I can't get it done in England. I'd just been home for two days. You know, yeah. I had I, maybe I should have did it first thing, but yeah. like, I'm home on leave. Like, yeah. I'm visiting people, and he yeah, he gave me the ticket for the speeding and the ticket for um, the license expired. And he's like, and it was because it was like expired in April, and this was like I think June. I don't know. And they were like going to make me do my redo my actual driver's test. Yeah, and um, fortunately, I go to the DMV. Luckily, the guy I talked to was also a veteran. Yeah, and I explained the situation, and he was like, "Well, that's fucking stupid. Here's your new license." You know? What yeah. I mean? Yeah. So nice. Actually, that cop ended up getting fired later. Good. Yeah, he was he was just an asshole pulling every like he would write tickets for like three over. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've I mean, there's small town cop. Yeah. Um, we had a fucked up ENT situation. Like I don't I've never talked about this, but like so um, when I worked at maybe I'll bleep it, but when I worked at um had a good friend there. In the month that I took the I, I got accepted to do a job at T-Mobile basically, and I was yeah. leaving them. And we were really close, stuff like that. And like he was actually there in that the behind the scenes whenever uh, I found out I was pregnant, like my wife was pregnant with my daughter. Like he was there and congratulating me stuff. Yeah. Like the week after I left there for T-Mobile, he got hit by a drunk driver, a guy. You know where the Mondays gas station is on South Highway 75? Like on the way here. Kind there's of. That, like there's Quick Trip, like in the Skyjack area yeah. on 75. Then there's that another like Rinky Dink. Okay. Yeah, gas yeah. station on the way to Bartlesville. Yeah. Uh, that's Mondays. Some car pulled out in front of him and killed him. Oh shit. Um. And so I always remember him and what were we talking about? Oh, I was like, oh yeah. So I remember this because he got killed there and there was EMTs and there's all these cops. And also his, like he, his family was all big into cops. Like his dad was like a sheriff or something like that. The EMT guy was like, this is a fucked up accident. I'm going to take taking pictures and put them on it. Like, oh yeah. He was taking pictures of a dead body and like the fucked up out, and he was like bragging about it. Uh, I used to work at a casino um, security and a lot of like the supervisors were ex cops. Yeah, for reasons. And uh, I won't name the casino. Um, but yeah, they were just assholes. Like this one dude. Like we were kind of trying to get a guy, and uh, he was, you know, he was fleeing us or whatever. Yeah. And at security, you just kind of follow, call the cops. Hey, you know, this guy's not really cooperating. Yeah, and uh, he came running down one of the. Uh, hotel hallways, and um, I'm on the cameras at this time, so I'm like, hey, this is where we're at. at." So one of the security guards cuts him off, and he fucking, like, kicks this dude, like, right in the chest. Yeah. A little excessive, you know. Just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And he didn't get fired. Like, they got away with so much shit. I remember one time um, somebody had stolen something from somebody. Yeah. So the guy, you know, talked to us. He knew the guy, had his number, so we called him. The guy agreed to come back and return it. So he comes in the hotel lobby. I saw, I see him return it, and he's like, am I good to go? And I was like, yeah, it's over. You yeah. know, he got his shit back. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. done. And this one security guard comes as he's walking out, grabs him by the arm, and throws him on the ground. Yeah, and later on, uh, one of the supervisors asked me why I didn't assist or do anything, and I was like, well, that was fucking dumb what he did. Yeah. Like, that was stupid. I'm not going to engage yeah. in that. Uh, casinos are crazy, man. Like, yeah. the, I'm not gonna name one here, but like, I had a friend that worked as a bartender at oh, out there in that area. Yeah, um, 
bleep Osage, whatever, in the area. Um, but she worked as a bartender, and she was cutting off people that were just falling out of their, their stools drunk. Yeah. Like, she was cutting them off, and her manager got onto her and wrote her up and, like, got her in trouble. Like, you shouldn't be, they're paying customers. Don't yeah. cut them off. And she's See, like, they're falling out of the seats. Like, they're being not nasty. And she's like, well, they're paying customers. Let them drink as much as they okay, want. That's tough. Like, the one I worked at, they were actually really strict about that. They we, weren't about this. Yeah, we cut off a lot of people. And, of course, that, that yeah. causes tension, you yeah. know. But, uh, I had to cut off one guy, and he was in like the bar, and he was being aggressive and yeah. stuff. Now, this was—I did kind of start this one, <laughs> but he was just being super aggressive, not yeah. you know doing anything. He was poking at my chest and stuff. This manager's idea was basically like, the more they drink, I don't care how much they drink because they're going to lose track of their money. Let's let them keep gambling. Yeah. So we don't care if they're fucking passing out. Just let them yeah. keep gambling. Yeah, and and that's, that's fucking excessive. That's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> Like this guy, he was poking my chest or whatever. And I look back and I saw, I see three security guards come up behind me that like to fight. Yeah. So I use that to my advantage. And I look this guy right in the eyes and I was like, you need to get the fuck out of this bar. But I did it with a smile because I knew what, this was after I worked in the camera. So I knew what the camera saw. Yeah. And he came back to swing and I just moved and the three security guards got him and like escorted him out. Yeah. So, yeah. At least it's not like the Lululemon thing that happened like last week or whatever. I have no idea what that oh, is. Oh, um. There was a robbery at a Lululemon, and something about like either they tried to stop it or they tried to get, like chase him outside or something. Like that, and the, the workers got fired. Yeah, because the, the Lululemon was like, we don't want you to provoke the people. Just let them do whatever they want. It's not worth your life. Like if you're getting robbed, it's not worth your life. Oh, yeah, let, no. them take, let them yeah. take the sweatshirt. Like it's yeah. not worth chasing them outside or anything like that. So yeah, the employee like uh, chased them outsiders and over the track suits or whatever, and they got fired. And then like all these conservatives jumped in on like, these are good employees, you know, and the, by God, these progressive companies don't want them to take care of their own shit and stuff. And well, it turned into this whole insurance. thing. It turned into this whole thing on like Fox <laughs> news and stuff. And I'm oh. just like, God, damn I, it. I haven't watched the news in a while. Oh no. But what we were getting to, cause yeah. you were talking about the cop taking pictures of, you know, Oh the yeah. Scene. They, yeah. Well, he got in a lot of trouble for that. The EMT did. Oh yeah. yeah. So we'll see. I know people. I know this one guy who worked at security. Um, there were dead bodies occasionally. And uh, he took pictures. He showed me a picture later because um, there was one. Fuck it. It was a young girl. She was dead in the tub. Yeah. Naked. And he took a picture of her and had it on his phone. Like he showed me weeks later. He's That's like, so hey. fucked up. He's like, hey, remember that girl in the tub? And I was like, yeah, I was sad. And he showed me the picture. And I was like weird <laughs> so this is how like so like this guy's ego but the emt the reason that we got that he got in trouble yeah uh, and lost his job and i think that's a criminal charge on him too because it's highly illegal oh yeah um like i said the my friend who died like his family was very into the police or whatever whatever yeah. so that emt came into the to get his phone upgraded and he was bragging about it didn't know that the guy that died worked there and we were all friends of his so he comes into the place of the work of the guy that died and yeah. is like getting his stuff transferred because you know cell phones we have to transfer your contacts your yeah. pictures and all that shit. Yeah. This guy was over there like yeah watch out those photos I got some gnarly ones from this last crash and is just talking to us about this dead body and we piece it together like halfway through we're like is he talking about oh wow. or like is he talking about so like we go back to the back and I'm like I think he is and the world like one of the best friends was there and she's just like crying she's like this is fucked up this yeah. is really fucked up. Yeah, that's so, going to trigger that. Yeah. yeah, and so then we start turning into, like, can you show me those pictures? And just if we can get them to, like, show us, then we can prove it, then, yeah, we're going to get them in trouble. Yeah. Definitely. So we kind of just, like, kind of, I kept him talking, and, like, he's like, yeah, bragging, and he just starts showing his phone to everybody and, like, showing these fucked up pictures. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And then we told his dad, who's, like, a sheriff, and that oh, guy okay. got in a lot of fucking oh, trouble. Yeah. But I'm just like, that was so fucked up. Like, you don't do that shit. Yeah, that's that's why I quit working at the casino security. I just, ugh, casinos are awful. Yeah. Um. Don't waste your time there. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth the crab legs. Yeah, I, I it, or yeah. the crabs. Yeah, because oh. um, I, I watched the lady win like a hundred thousand dollars and put it right back in within like three hours, and didn't pay taxes on the winnings. <sighs> yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Painful. I got that. That. <laughs> that. No. It's just like people get so hooked on it. Um. I'm scared to gamble. I I hate gambling. Yeah, I I hate it. I remember because uh, and people have their like superstitions or whatever. Yeah. Like rub the machine. I saw this one guy. He licked the button before he hit it every time. Lick, hit, lick. Oh, that's gross. Hit. I'm like, that is disgusting. Yeah. Casinos are fucking disgusting. Yeah, they are. Um, I've seen people shit themselves, piss themselves. Um, I think one of the funniest stories is this one woman came up and she lost her husband. Couldn't find her husband. 
Um, we oh, are, I thought you meant lost lodger. Like he just died. Oh no, like, no, no. Like, damn, they lost no. that at the casino that, too. That's happened. But um, did that guy take a picture? <laughs> See, we can laugh about it now because it's not actually happening. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it, it's funny to laugh about taking pictures. It's not actually funny to take the pictures. <laughs> anyway, she lost her husband and uh, thirty, forty, whatever later. We we end up finding him in the bathroom with a man. So we were like, "Hey, your uh, your wife's looking for you." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you want to wrap this up. <laughs> she's she's very concerned. But we 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 can't tell her. We yeah. didn't tell her. We were like, "Oh, we found him, and you know, yeah. here he is." And they argued and left. It's <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. Here at the casino, we say marriages. Yeah, <laughs> one rub and tug at a time. <laughs> Uh, that's disgusting. Jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big bucks, no whammies. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, casinos are weird. Yeah. Uh, I remember one time uh, somebody left their room covered in shit and period blood. Oh. Yeah. And I saw a girl actually shit in the hallway once. Ew. So, like, early in the morning, and this was when I worked behind the cameras again, early in the morning they had, or not, or, but earlier that night, sorry, they had taken her to a room because she was cut off, too drunk, stumbling or whatever. Yeah. And probably about an hour and a half later, she opens the hallway door, closes behind her, and she looks around and just shits. And what I think happened is she was drunk because it's the exit door in the bathroom. Yeah. Door, and I think she just picked the wrong door. <laughs> the worst, like the worst, nastiest thing I've ever seen somebody take a shit for is like, you know, those like uh, styrofoam cheap coolers you can get at gas stations, like those little bitty yeah. ones. Like they had the Circle K logo on them and stuff like that. Saw somebody on the side of the street in Atlanta. We were going through Atlanta, and this lady like had one just drawers down, and she's shitting into one of those Circle K ice like on the side of the highway. I'm just like, decisions were made. Either yeah. there was some like a vacation gone wrong, and she had to go. Like, did she clear the snacks and stuff out of the, like, <laughs> the cooler Wait, beforehand? I mean, sometimes it happens. <laughs> but I'm just like, man, fuck it. I'm never getting one of those Circle K coolers ever again. Like to this day, if I see one, I'm like, nope, I'm not getting a drink out of there. Just can't do it, guys. <laughs> I mean, the last time I shit my pants, I was. <laughs> this Don't judge me. <laughs> last time I shit my pants, I was 19. So was it like, did they like owe you, your family a, a debt or something? Was it like Hatfields versus McCoys? No. I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted. Like, how are you getting laid more than I am? And how are you needing, how are you not needing a sponsor like Blue Chew? Which again, could be a sponsor of Unloading Meat, but they're not right now. If you'd like to change that and stop hearing about Stefano's sexual escapades, reach out to your favorite sponsors like Blue Chew and tell them to sponsor Unloading Meat. Now, back to the episode. You having fun? Yeah. Okay, so you were 19. You shit yeah, I was pants. 19. Uh, Welcome back to Unloading Meat, where we talk about shitting our pants yeah, three times of the episode. So, well, Preston, tell me about the time you were 19 and shitting your pants. So, I was, I was in the Air Force. I was in Wichita Falls, Texas, and we had to walk back. So, we took a taxi to the gate, and we get to the gate. It's like a two-and-a-half-mile walk to the dorms. I'm fucking dying. So and like when we're at the gate, you know, you know when you get hit yeah. like in the stomach, it's like you gotta go and you gotta go now. Yeah. So we're walking this mile and a half, and I'm trying to play it off because there's like three other people. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. you know, they're walking really fast. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm breathing, you know. And I get we get to the dorms, we have to like check in or whatever with yeah. their IDs, and I'm like, I'm on like the third floor, and yeah. there, it's no elevator, so I had to take the stairs. And I get up, I get up, I'm almost there. And I trip over the last step, hit the ground, and shit myself. God damn it. <laughs> I was so close. I was like... I told you dick... like 30 feet away from yep. the goal, and I trip. <laughs> I told you dicks and fart humor. It's yeah. going to get to me. That was the last time I shit myself as an adult. <laughs> Been a good run. The worst time I ever had was like middle school. Yeah. Like I was back in the days where like you remember those like breakaway pants? Those like wind like those oh, yeah. rip them off. Like, I had those like windbreaker pants like and like those Adidas ones. They had the buttons down, you could just rip them off. Yeah. yeah. Had those and a white shirt and like they had this thing like the last hour of the day, they were like, bring a beanbag and like we're just gonna make the kids read for an hour. Yeah. And I was there and like I had to take a shit. And she was <laughs> like, No, we're not letting you out. You have an hour till school's out. You're not going. I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. And she's like, No, you're not going. And it just out yeah <laughs> and i'm like i yes, gotta go. I I walked out and i was like 
I don't know what to do. Like yeah. I'm trapped in the bathroom now and went breakaway pants that are full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> Call an audible. Go to the principal's office. <laughs> I threw away all those clothes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Coincidentally, remember the pants that were different? That like that had the zippers, like the knees. Oh and yeah, like shorts? you get the shorts. Yeah, yeah, that was ultimate white. Yeah, it was. Ult- I had those. <laughs> I was so white with those. I remember. I remember those distinctly because I was in band in eighth grade and it was hot as fucking there. And so I was just like, okay, I got these like tan, yeah. you know, zipper pants. I'll just zip them off into shorts. So I'm just zipping them off, and I just drop them down. They're just hanging around my ankles. Yeah. And my band director loses his ever-loving shit, and is like, "You will not undress in my class." And I'm like, "How is it? I mean, technically, like, but he's like, he sent me to the principal's office for undressing in his class, and I'm like." You gotta get with the time. This yeah. is cool. <laughs> it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool. Maybe he was like hardcore religious. Maybe I don't know. I went when I was younger. Uh, we used to go to a church where, like, if you wore shorts, you were exp- it wasn't modest, and you were yeah. going to hell. Oh yeah. I mean, I also had a band director, you know, fondle a student in the instrument closet like a year later. So same guy. No, different. Oh, uh, Okay. No, just Dewey. Yeah, <laughs> just Dewey. I think we've talked before. Like my four years in Dewey, I had. Spanish teacher burned down his own Mexican restaurant to try to get the insurance money. Had uh, two freshmen get into a fight and stab one of them stabbed the other through the cheek uh, with oh, a wow. pencil on the day, first day of school. Um, we had a basketball coach that was arrested and sent to jail for like two years because he forced a basketball t- player to perform oral sodomy on him. Yeah, I was like sixteen and before like. You know, dial up internet. You had yeah. to really work on it if you want to search something. Yeah, seeing all the newspapers where your local coach is accused of oral sodomy and not knowing what the fuck that means, that took a while. I was like, "Which fucking encyclopedia is that in?" I got to pull off the wall. There's just, just so much. <laughs> is it in the O's or the S's? <laughs> uh, but yeah, he got arrested for that. And then um, the crim de la crim was my senior year. My principal had a former student get drunk and climb in through the window of his house, thinking it was his house, the other house. And the principal blew him away with a shotgun and killed him. Oh, shit. Yeah. That happened all my four-year span of high school. That's pretty traumatic. Yeah. yeah. Pretty high fun. school was fun. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I don't miss high school. I don't miss high school. You ever, like, meet people that do? It's like, oh, that's sad. Yeah, it's half of the Tulsa comedy scene. Oh, shit. Yeah, they like clicks. Zing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is very clicky. It is. Um, um, I, I'm just going to say this, and I'm not going to name any names or anything like that. I'm just going to simply say I never want to get to the part where I'm a jaded comedian and then I'm going to open mic. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy that just, like... I'm not going to laugh at you. That's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. And I'm just like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like if somebody had a funny joke, I'm going to give them some effort. I want to have fun. You know what I mean? Like I'm here to have fun. I'm not here to be a fucking douche. So uh, <laughs> a lot of times what I do when I'm at open mics is I try to spot maybe the two or three people that aren't comics. Yeah. And I look at them. Yeah. That, Cause that's your audience. Fuck, mm-hmm. fuck the other comics. Yeah. They're going to have their opinions, their jokes. A lot of comics have like, we don't need your fucking opinion. Yeah. Everybody has a different approach to this. There's no one way. Yeah. So like, that's a that's a big problem I see in the scene. It's uh, like, same here. Like, you know my comedy. You know, yeah. like you've heard me do my little like uh, <laughs> my little warning before <laughs> I played it at your place. Yeah, uh, it's gone over pretty well. Yeah, but I did that out of necessity of people telling me not to roast or not to crowd work at all. Yeah, and I was like, well, I understand that. And I'm like, so my thing is, I never punch down. Yeah, I don't want to punch down. I'm not going to insult and be like, oh, look at that fat bitch over there or something like that. I'm not that person. Yeah, but if I'm like. Dude, you look like that movie from 1984 starring this. Or something yeah. like that. There's some oddly specific reference that everybody can laugh around and stuff like yeah. that. Like, it's a witty, you know, smart thing. It's not punching down. It's having fun and riffing, having yeah. fun. And I Well, see, think, a lot of comics can give but not take. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I just want to have energy and have fun, and I never want to go out of my way to, like, I have to get my shit in. I don't care if you're having a good time or not. I'm going to get yeah. my shit and leave. Fuck yeah. you guys. I don't want to get to that. I want to go there and, like, hey, yeah, I have a mic, but... Are we having fun tonight? Are you yeah. guys having fun? Let's have fun. Let's fuck around. Yeah. And I like doing that. Like it's just that's just me. And so anybody that tells me a parameter is like you're not allowed to do this or this or this, I'm like, but but why? Yeah. And if you tell me you can't give me a good reason, I'm gonna fuck with that that why pretty fucking hard. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I will. I'll admit this. I don't know anybody said. Yeah. Like I'll listen, but yeah. it's out yeah. the ear. You know, because some people are like, oh, what was your favorite part? And I'm like, uh, the part where the audience laughed yeah. the most. That was my favorite part. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Um, because I don't really listen to what the comics saying, um, when I'm looking at comics yeah. or whatever. Um, stage presence, and then I listen to the audience reaction. Yeah, yeah. what they're saying, who cares? Yeah, um, because it's them, it's their whatever they want to yeah. do. Um, uh, but if the audience is enjoying it, that's a good, you know. Yeah. Okay. Especially if there's a big audience. Yeah. And if their stage presence is good, or you know, some people 
play into the awkwardness of their you yeah. know stage presence too. But it's the it's the audience that needs to have fun and enjoy the show, um, not the twelve other comics on the show. Agreed. Um, a five minute set is nothing more than a heel promo in wrestling. Yeah, if you're doing like a roast or just you know crowd work stuff like that, it's just a wrestling promo. Mm. And like I'll watch people like do wrestling promos and I'll take tips from those and I'll use it in my standup just because like timing and performance and like working with the crowd and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of shit you can get from pro wrestling. that's just fun <laughs> like that. Uh, but yeah, that's just how I am. Yeah. Well, you, I want you to put this in. The stage is not the place to call somebody out. Just pull people aside. Like when that guy dropped the mic, I yeah. got on the stage and I was just like, that's not, that's a good example of how not to do comedy yeah. or open mic. Comedy is very part-time for yeah. me. Well, um, I didn't mean to say yeah to that. I was just, yeah. no, yeah, no. I, and a lot of people get upset about that, and I'm like, well, sorry, I have a job. I have a life. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, do I want to make it a comedy? Probably not. Am I going to? Probably. Definitely, you know? Yeah. Because, like, it's .001% chance to make it. Yeah. You know? And so it's just like, you, I feel like you can't really, because when I first did it, I approached it like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I was not mentally good. And yeah. um, But I think there's a lot of people like that. And her scene, it's just like maybe you should focus on your personal life, yeah, and then add comedy to it, yeah. Um, and that's what I did, yeah. And then there's times where, like, like I think we talked on her episode. Um, yeah. I believe a lot of it sometimes comes down to luck, mm-hmm. but a lot of it also is just like make your own luck of like being ready whenever yeah. an opportunity happens, yeah. Like if something happens, like hey, can you do this? Be ready. When the Josh Wolf thing happened, I had a podcast ready and I was ready, confident yeah. with this. You know what I mean? Like just having those things for those opportunities, you can make your own luck, so to speak. If yeah. you really are putting in the effort, like. I don't give a fuck if you're part time or not. Yeah. Every time you go out there, or you do a set. It's funny as fuck. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Um. I don't care if you've been here for ten years doing comedy or you've been here for three months. If you're funny and you're putting the effort, I want you on my show. Yeah. I, and I've been labeled an alt comic. What does that even mean? I don't really know. I think it's just a blanket term for somebody who doesn't just set up punchline, set yeah. up punchline, set up punchline. I don't do know. that either. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, it's not the '80s or '90s yeah. anymore. Like, your audience has changed. Yeah. And so, so like. When I do an open mic now, I write maybe two or three minutes mm-hmm. of a five minutes. Yeah. And I try to just go in with a new bit or just a bit I want to work on. Yeah. And then the other two, three minutes, I am writing live rare while I'm looking around, just looking at what people are dressed like, what, how they're acting, stuff like that. And I just like to have a little riffing time and just have yeah. some fun. And it's nothing, it's not like I'm going to, like I said, punch down. It's just trying to get people involved in the, yeah. like, you well, see this like person in a weird hat. Open container. Yeah. You know? Um, and then I, Isaiah I, had that hat, and I said he looked like, yeah. um, what did I say, like uh, Chief Jebediah. Yeah. He's, he's Native American, yeah. and he had a straw hat. I was like, he's Chief Jebediah. And it just worked. You know what I mean? Like, it's just funny. It yeah. just worked. Just super, you know, I'm high. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for, like, I did it in 2015, then I came back, and because I moved back from Alaska to Oklahoma in 2019, and I kind of just shadowed open mics, just kind of went and watched, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of went and watched. And I think I finally did one or two, and then COVID happened. And then, of course, I, I don't know if you were you weren't really a part of the scene during no. COVID, but there were some people, you know, still kind of putting on shows when they could, and yeah. the other people were like, eh, yeah, "Fucking killing old people," and I'm like, you know, you're damned if you do, damned yeah, if you don't. Da- yeah, it's just like I I didn't really pick a side. Yeah, you know, I I wore my mask, I got my vaccine, but if people didn't want to, whatever, yeah. you know, like I. Yeah, it yeah. was a weird situation yeah. for everybody, and it's also and, it's 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 like hindsight's twenty twenty two with like now that we're post COVID, it's hard yeah. it's hard to like it's hard to judge anybody's actions or, or anything like that happened during that yeah. time. It was a crazy time. People still had to pay their fucking bills. Yeah, and so people would get attacked if they did a show or went to a show, um, and finally people were just like, "Fuck it," yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it was all like, I don't know. A lot of it was show, you yeah. know, and yeah, people like, kind of split. The scene, I think. I mean, it was already a little bit silly, but it yeah. just put a big riff in the scene. And then, like, somebody took the open mic at a bar and started a new one when somebody who was, when a couple of people who were very, like, they had a very strong stance of COVID were not yeah. going to come back until this is over. Yeah. Um, eventually they did. You know, yeah. like, everybody did. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was weird. Well, it's like, I look at Tulsa and I... I'm a big thing of potential or, and I, I get angry at like untapped or like wasted potential kind of stuff. Yeah. So like, if I see a good movie, that's like a good B plus movie. I'm like, man, if they tweak this one thing, it could have been an A plus. Yeah. I see, I do that all the time. It's just something I do. It's just something I do. And like, I see the scene in Tulsa and I see so much potential for like what this scene could be. Mm-hmm. 
And then I see things that are like just flat out toxic in the scene like that. So, um, and I'm kind of this thing where like, I'm going to build this podcast up. I'm going to fuck with the people that are doing open mics that are actually good. Like you. Yeah. Um, and I are supportive. <laughs> I, I honestly think you have a great open mic. I, I haven't that. been out. To I the feel bounty. like I'm a terrible host. I like you as a yeah. host. Like I just feel awkward. You know what I mean? There's awkwardness, but then there's also just like you. There's hosts that want it to be. Hey, All this is him. Yes, yes. And you're not. A lot that. of those hosts, I think, are gone now. But yeah. But yeah, you get what but, I'm saying? Like that happens. I don't. I usually don't do a set when I'm hosting unless yeah. there's not very many comedians, and I just want to fill a little bit, fill fill yeah. a little bit more time. Well, you, know? you saw on my live show, I'm not doing a set. Yeah. I'm purposely not doing yeah. a set because it's unloading meat presents. I already have my fucking name on the logo. What more yeah. do I need for my yeah. ego? You know what I mean? Like I want to build a this, lot for my ego. <laughs> well, I just want to build a thing. I, don't, I try not to have an ego <laughs> too much. I know every, we all have it. Every comic has it. We all have it, but I try not to let it get out of control where it gets the way of like, what I want my aspirations to be. It's like we're all narcissists with imposter syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, har- imposter syndrome's hardcore with me. Oh, that, yeah. that ruined me in my T-Mobile and stuff days. Like, yeah. I hardcore go with imposter syndrome. I, yeah, I got that issue too. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you heard my joke about imposter syndrome. Mm-mm. It's like I go to therapy to work on my imposter syndrome, but it's kind of hard because when I do that, the white devil wants to come up. <laughs> No, I haven't heard that. Yeah. And I was like, that gets a little dangerous because if you give that guy an inch, he's going to take a continent. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, and I, I like it because it's like self aware. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I do. Like it's yeah. in there. Like I hear some of my thoughts and I'm like, ooh, these are fucking awful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just. Nature, nurture. Yeah. And that's the thing a lot of people forget about people is yeah. nature and nurture made that person. And if you had it, you'd be them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, me and you kind of bond about the essay stuff. Like, yeah. Um, like when you brought it up, like you can just kind of see it in me, like how yeah. I, like you kind of see it. Like it's yeah. just a certain thing. Well, Preston, thank you so much for coming on. Where can I find you? So, you know, you can find me, Preston Sly on Facebook. Pre- I think it's like Preston Sly dot one on Instagram. Yeah. Um, look for the cats. That's probably me. Nice. And. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. Uh, no, but I also want to pro, you know, um, if you want to know what's going on and like know about comedy shows, um, follow pages. I believe it's 918 Comedy. Yep. I think it's Tulsa Comedy. Rejects? Yeah, there's Comedy Rejects. rejects and then I think there's Tulsa Comedy Collective or something. And it just, you know, look on Facebook, Tulsa Comedy, and a few will pop up. But okay. Yeah, that's a great. I just want to plug those so we maybe people will see those and know when the shows are. And which mics do you host on what days, sir? What uh, I, ho- I hope ba- uh, I host Bounty Lounge on Mondays. It's on 31st and Sheridan. Uh, pretty cool little room. Um, what time a, sign up? Sign up is 8.30. Show starts at 9, I believe. And then the open container, I do that every Thursday night. And I've been kind of working on the timing of it because yeah. I want Sesh Lounge to clear yeah. out and give people a chance to come over. Yeah, we kind of want to join, yeah. you know, like promote each other. Like, hey, Sesh Lounge. Yeah. You go chill, get super high, and then you come to open container, which yeah. is like an open, you know, yeah. it's like outside, or not outside, but, you know, the windows and stuff yeah. are open, so it's got that kind of vibe. Well, and, Very summery, so I think that works. And for people like me, like, you see me, I'm driving two, three times a week to, yeah. from Bartlesville to Tulsa. Oh, yeah, I feel so bad for you, like, because you drive four, yeah. I, I When I first started comedy, I lived in Adair. I don't know if you know where that's I know where, yeah. Yeah, so, and I used to dr- make kind of a similar drive, like yeah. 40 minutes, 45 minutes to go do five. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah. comedy parlor, because sometimes... You didn't even get your name drawn. Well, so. that's why I'm just like, like I told Zach and stuff too. I'm like, if if I go there, I got to at least make it sure it's worth the gas. Like, at least yeah. if I can get some time, I'm happy going. Yeah. But like, until I, I'm not trying to make it, make it, but like, un- until I get it to where I can get some sponsors for this show, I'm door dashing for a living. Yeah. So like, these, like, I don't want to share this too much, but like, every night that I go out for an open mic, thir- like Wednesdays and Thursdays, I'm staying out till three or four o'clock in the morning after those shows to door dash to make the money to go home. Yeah. Like, that's just how I am. That's where I make my money. But now I'm to the point where I'm like, I'm to this stage where I'm making it multiple times a week, driving 45 minutes or so to that show, wasting the gas and doing yeah. that stuff. I'm putting this much effort into it. If you want to be on my show, put some fucking effort into it. That's so, kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. Well, that was a really fun episode. Dude, thank you so much. Guys, I'm smoking right now like a dragon, just puffing this out right now. Oh, it's yeah. a great. I don't even need to use After Effects for this. Right. Uh, guys. I love this episode. I love having you on, and it actually has the audio caught this time. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, we did. Well, like- you, you know what? It actually works out because I feel so much better about this one than I did the last you one. You do? Yeah. Good. So, because I didn't feel good about the last one when I left. It might have been good, but because, you know, we all. We'll never know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, like- we can get a, a lip reader, maybe. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll get that. Get it. Well, guys, this has been an amazing episode of Unloading Meat. I've loved today. Uh, Preston Sly, thank you for being on. I'm Jared Ralphie Allen. Guys, please make sure to like, share, subscribe. Help the channel out. We're helping Tulsa Comedy out. Go out to Open Container. Go out to Bounty. Go out to these open mics. Help support Tulsa Comedy. And let's all work together to make this fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Peace, guys. Bye, have a great time.